common unifying love of God. Take our minds and think with them. Take my lips and speak with them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for you. Through Christ our Lord. There's a quotation attributed to Carl Jung that you see a lot on the internet. The quotation says, thinking is hard. That's why most people judge. I believe Jesus came to teach us love and compassion for ourselves and for our neighbors. But the Christian religion is divided by judgments in much the same way that our political landscape is divided by judgments. People are so busy judging one another, there's not much room left for unconditional love. Many years ago, back in the early 80s, I was a member at St. Stephen's Episcopal Church and I was walking down the hallway and I could hear women's voices in the kitchen. I could hear those familiar statements that women make when they're gossiping. I can't believe she said that. Do tell. Bless her heart. <laughs> and I walked into the kitchen and had one of the church members looking a little guilty, said to me, John, we weren't gossiping. We were doing Christian evaluation by friends and neighbors. <laughs> Mark Twain once said, man is the only animal that loves his neighbor as himself, but cuts his throat if his religion is destroyed. Body of Christ is divided into so many denominations. And the Episcopal Church has made many attempts to lead the body of Christ at least back into conversation with each other. An example of that is William Reed Huntington's uh, proposal that's found in the prayer book on page 876. Don't look at it now. Well, go ahead. I mean, <laughs> it's a very uh, interesting piece of work called the Chicago Land of Quadrilaterals. It makes four points on which Christians ought to be able to agree on. And it's had about as much success as resolutions I've gotten passed in the Diocese of Alabama before, which would be none. The Episcopal Church can't even put its own house in order. We have parishes that have left the church. We have diocese that left the church. We have parishes that stick black flags out in front of the church. We've been divided in so many ways we can't even remember how to find our way back home again. I heard that recently there was an Episcopal priest who made a trip to the Holy Land. He was walking down a dusty road and suddenly he felt something under his foot. He looked down and it was a lamb. It just so happened that he had recently seen the movie Aladdin and he knew what to do with the lamb. He rubbed it and a genie popped out. 
And the genie said, oh, I'm so grateful. I've been trapped in this lamp for 3,000 years. I'll grant you any wish you have. So the priest said, well, I'm here in the Holy Land, and I wish that there could be peace here in the Middle East. And the genie said, well, you know, as I told you, I've been in that lamp for 3,000 years. Explain the Middle East to me. And so the priest happened to have a map. And he took the map out and he said, well, see, Hebrews came from this direction, and Chaldeans came from this direction, and Gentiles came from this direction. And Jesus said, well, you know, a promise is a promise, but I think this is beyond the scope of my powers. Is there anything else you'd like to wish for? And the priest said, we have peace in the Episcopal Church. And Jesus said, let me step out of here. I must confess that I don't do well with people who do Christian evaluation of the Episcopal Church, this church that I love. I was at a Valentine's night dinner this year, and it was mixed seating, and I was sitting next to a lovely lady, and she said, all of a sudden, she said, you're an Episcopal priest, aren't you? I said, yes, I am. She said, y'all are very accepting of gays. And Paul's pretty clear in Romans about all that. And my pastor, Pastor Chris, has done a lot of teaching on that. And my mind was racing to, to the form of defense. You know how quickly your reptilian brain starts to uh, get in the defense mode? And I was thinking about Paul's letter to Romans and in the 16th chapter where there's two women who are uh, lauded and, and uh, 8th chapter where you know nothing in separation of love. But I'm going through the whole thing. And then it just, it just struck me. One time in my life, I didn't try to get defensive. I just said to the lady, yes, we're very accepting. And we try not to judge. Because you passed the salad dressing. Issues concerning theology, morality, ethics, liturgy are never going to put the body of Christ back together again. That train has left the station. We can be patient and kind. Let the pastor Christians of the world be the voices of judgment. And we can learn to hold our tongue. There's an ancient wisdom story where the wise man has gathered his disciples and he asks them this question. When can you tell that night has become day when the dawn has come? One of his students said, Master, is it when you can tell the difference between an apple tree and a pear tree? The master said, no. It's when you see the stranger approaching you as your friend and not as your foe. Not as your foe. That's when day has come. Good Christian people are going to disagree about all kinds of things. 
We don't need to see each other as enemies or competitors that hold all truth. We don't need to cut each other's throats over dogma or anything else for that matter. We are called by Christ to love one another despite our differences. In his farewell address to his disciples, Jesus prays the high priestly prayer. Righteous Father, the world does not know you, but I know you. And these know that you sent me. I made your name known to them, and I will make it known, so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. Jesus prayed that his disciples would be one as he and the Father are one. It is Christ and the love he brought to us that is our bond. As Paul wrote to a church fighting over sexual conduct 2,000 years ago, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message and ministry of reconciliation. The reconciling love of God in Christ can mend this tired old world. It can lead us to see the stranger approaching us as a friend and not a foe. That love is the message we have been given to take to a sin-sick world. May it be so.